Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we have a very interesting show here, breaking down and looking at the Pro Bowl slate, showdown slate for the NFL. Yes, the Pro Bowl. And it's going to be a little bit different than maybe you think if you haven't played the Pro Bowl showdown slates before, haven't really paid attention to the last five or six years of rule changes and how that's really impacted the game for specific players. And maybe if you're looking over my shoulder, you can already see how that's impacting the game for specific players. And maybe I'm doing it to an extreme, but I just want to prove a point. And also just discuss uh, what my strategy would be for this. I have played the Pro Bowl slates in the past. I've had success on them in the past, uh, more so than other slates. And I think there's a a clear edge that a lot of people don't know about just entering a a lineup at 1 o'clock, 2 hours. I believe this starts at 3 p.m. before the game starts. So I do think there's an edge, and we can get into that with the rules. But before we do, be sure to... One, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, if you will, and also check out my exclusive content over on Patreon. We're breaking down NBA stuff every day, PGA every week, and the XFL, which after the Super Bowl, and there's content for that going to be on Patreon as well as this channel, already is some, check that out. After the Super Bowl, a lot of XFL content going to be dropping here, very excited for some partnerships upcoming to announce as well, so... Be sure to follow along with that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and if you hit the subscribe and the notification bell, I'm going to give away $20 PayPal or Venmo to some random person who just leaves their information and does that thing specifically. Subscribe, notification bell. Uh, Thank you very much. You can check out AboveDrafters.com if you do want to check them out. Promo code SAL100 to sign up. It's a snake draft format. And I do like them as well, especially for the daily NBA. It's just a different way to get away from the salaries. And especially with the uh, injuries, not a lot of people pay attention to that enough on that format yet to switch their players. And it's just free money at that point sometimes. Um, but this is what I want to talk about. You can see here I have a yes on four players. What do these four players have in common? No, they're not on the same team. No, their price ranges aren't the same. They play the same position. They're tight ends. Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, and Jack Doyle, the four tight ends in the Pro Bowl. So why is this important? Well, about five, six years ago, the rules, I think it was six years ago, the rules changed and a tight end had to be at least one tight end on the field at all times. There's only two tight ends per team. So compared to the, I believe it's what, four or five wide receivers, five wide receivers, if you count kickoff returners um, per team, and then there's only two tight ends and one has to be on the field at all times. So just by easy math here, they're going to play on average 50% of the snaps. Maybe they're on the field together at times. They're playing 55, 60% of the snaps. Maybe one tight end just playing a little bit more, 65% of the snaps. Regardless, in a Pro Bowl, you're not going to get that much usage from anybody on the field outside of linemen, outside of maybe some linebackers. You're going to get nowhere near as much usage because the rule literally says you have to keep these guys on the field and you only got two of them. So We've seen it in the past. Last year, I think three of the five highest scores were tight ends. We've seen it in the past over the last, based on a per player analysis. If you look at, if you just look at how many fantasy points wide receivers scored overall over the last five, six years, it's going to be more because there's just more of them. There's two to three times as much of them in these games. There's only four total tight ends to the 10 total wide receivers. If you look on it on a per player basis, it's tight ends by a wide margin. So Last year, Kittle had over um, 10 fantasy points just from receiving. You had a passing touchdown last year to Ebron, as well as, I believe, Hooper. Hooper's had success in the past as well. These guys are what stands out. They're the best edge. And the price range for me doesn't really matter. You have Jack Doyle down at 3,600. He's going to probably play around 50% of the snaps. You have Mark Andrews all the way up at 6,000, most expensive. He's going to play about 30% of the snaps. Now, you can tell me he's going to be out there with his quarterback for maybe a quarter, two drives or so with Lamar Jackson now starting in this game. And I would buy into that a little bit. Um, So I do think that these tight ends are the best plays in the slate. We can get into the nuances of each position. I don't have any notes or details because I'm just going to vocally voice why each position is so important. 
and why some guys have yeses and one why some guys have noes. So tight ends most important because they have to be on the field. Also, this is a spot where there's a rule where you, you pretty much can't blitz. So you can't you can't blitz as a linebacker. So what are these linebackers going to be doing? They're not going to be blitzing. The running games in these Pro Bowls aren't used that heavily at all either. You can't blitz. There's no reason to try and change it up with the run. It's a Pro Bowl that is very much uh, pass heavy. I think John Kuhn, a Packers running back at like 30 yards, a fullback a couple of years ago was a leading rusher. Last year, not a lot of running overall. There was a fullback, Anthony Sherman, who had 100 yards total, but a lot of that came, 92 of them in the receiving game. You just don't see a lot of running in this game, and it makes sense. It's, it's just boring. You have a spot where the defense can't blitz, um, where they can't play uh, certain positions uh, at his time. They can't run like a 3-4 defense. And now this year, another rule that they're implementing is wide receivers are allowed to stutter. And as long as they reset for one second before the ball snaps, then it's okay to go. They're, they're testing out. It's very weird. So it's almost, it's another disadvantage for defensive backs, which means another advantage for the passing game. So you're not going to have a lot of running here. So what that opens up is a spot where the linebackers if they're not going to be tackling running backs, if they're not going to be able to blitz, their main priority is to defend tight ends. And with the best tight ends and quote unquote, the best ones are probably in the Super Bowl and Kittle and Kelsey. But with some of the better tight ends, Ertz, Andrews, Hooper, I guess Doyle, I don't know how the hell Doyle got in this, but Doyle in the Pro Bowl, it's going to be hard to defend these guys with a linebacker. That's why they have so much success and they have to stay on the field. They're the best plays on the slate. I think they're all in play. I like them all. Um, I think in a showdown slate, I'm going to play all of them, all four of them, because they do directly correlate with each other. Like if one guy, one tight end from a specific team is scoring a touchdown, odds are that other tight end on the exact same team, the other one is not going to score. So I would pick like at most two, maybe three of these tight ends. Last year, three would have worked for you, but it's very rare. Next up, it's just a hodgepodge of guys. I have backup quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think all the wide receivers are in play. Now, paying $9,400 for Michael Thomas doesn't seem as smart. So I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to put a no on Michael Thomas and... I'll leave these other guys as maybe. So I just don't want to pay top dollar for Michael Thomas. All these wide receivers are going to be rotating through. They're going to play 30% of the snaps each. So if a guy in Michael Thomas is going to play 30% of the snaps and Jarvis Landry is going to play 30% of the snaps, why am I choosing Michael Thomas? Surely he's the better receiver. And at times he might be out there with Drew Brees because Drew Brees is in this game. But it's not like he's playing 90% of the snaps. In 30% of the snaps, these wide receivers are going to see three targets, maybe four. So for a lot cheaper of a price point for similar volume, I'll just go to some of these other guys. Devontae Adams at his and Keenan Allen at their increased price points, they're on the verge of not being guys that I want to get to because of the price. But we're going to have a lot of money left over for playing tight ends. So I guess you could leave Thomas as a maybe. I just put him as a no because of the price. Wide receivers, similar to tight ends. The passing games are going to be more involved uh, in this game, not the running games. And also you have these wide receivers with this new rule where they can literally stutter and twitch and do whatever they want. As long as they reset one second before, it's going to get defensive backs potentially off balance for the first time. They're going to have to see this ever. They're testing it out in the Pro Bowl here, like they've done with some other rules. They're also testing out a fourth and 15 instead of an onside kick. If you get the fourth and 15 on your own 25, you get to keep possession. If not, the, the defense gets it on your 25. So kind of do or die. They're testing that out to see if that's something they want to utilize. So I just think that the passing games, clear advantages, um, defensive backs in this one, they, they really can't play too physical. You're not, um, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to play this specific defenses. Like we've already talked about with there being no blitzing, it's just going to be easier for quarterbacks to find their receivers open with more time. So Tight ends, one for me, two is wide receivers. And, and at this point, it's hard to differentiate. Oh, I want this wide receiver over them. No, like the tight ends are each going to play like 50% of the snaps. The wide receivers are all going to play like 30% of the snaps. Um, at that point, you can bank on skill. You can bank on the correlation with Drew Brees playing with Michael Thomas, um, those sorts of things. But I don't think it's that important. I'd rather live in the range of Amari Cooper at 5,800, Jarvis Landry at 6,200. At the end of the day, you're going to need like, I don't think you need to spend all of your money. You'll have a lot of money left over. There's just no way you can spend it all with so many guys being so cheap in the 6K range. 
Um, other things, backup quarterbacks. So Lamar Jackson's going to play. He's 10,000. Um, he's probably going to start in this one. I guess I could put Deshaun Watson as a maybe. I put him as a no. On the NFC side of this, I'm not really sure who the NFC is going to go out uh, and end up starting in this game. I don't know if it's going to be Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't really seen who's starting yet for the NFC. I don't know if it's going to be Drew Brees. Whichever one does get the nod as a starting quarterback in this one, I think the easiest thing for me to say is that I'm just going to avoid them. <laughs> so you have, you have what, uh, three quarterbacks for each side here. Um, Tannehill is the third quarterback and Cousins is the third for the NFC. Very odd, actually. Um, but so I, I don't know who starts, but the starting quarterbacks usually play about a quarter, which is about two, two drives. Unless they're going eight of eight for 100 yards and two touchdowns, they're probably not going to be needed. And there's been no mobility, really. Not a lot of rushing quarterbacks in these games. I believe there was a year where there was just like a 15-yard rush for Cam Newton led the slate. And that's all you usually get. Now, Lamar, Deshaun Jackson, Russell Wilson, you have a lot of mobile quarterbacks. Um, Tannehill to an extent. But Lamar is, is a different breed. But look, you're not supposed to tackle the quarterback. This is a game for fun. I don't think he's going to be taking off and running crazy. And if he does, he only has two drives to do it. So paying $10,000 for Lamar, seems pretty crazy. Like even if he goes for 20 rushing yards, 25 passing yards, and a touchdown on his two drives, you're looking at a score of seven fantasy points at $10,000. He's not out there the whole game. He's priced as if he's going to play two to three quarters. He's going to play one quarter. So Lamar Jackson at 10,000 is not somebody I want to get to. The backup quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, usually play about a quarter or a quarter and a half. And then the third quarterback will close it out for the final uh, quarter to a quarter and a half. That's how it's usually split up in these games. So if you're going to get to a quarterback, why not choose the ones who are one cheaper and two going to play more? So no Lamar for me, depending on who starts out of Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, I won't have that guy. The third string quarterback is the one that I like the most, Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill. These guys are locked into playing probably a quarter and a half and potentially will play a little bit more than that, depending on if their coaches start them for the second half. They're the last quarterback on the docket. They're going to get a good bulk of it. You can play the second quarterback as well. He's a little bit more risky for playing a quarter, two and a quarter and a half as well depending on how the possessions go with halftime. Like if he starts the second quarter, but he's starting with 10 minutes left and he only ends up getting one possession or maybe uh, one and then a two minute drive. So they have to push the ball and turnover, whatever it might be. He might not come out the second half, the third quarterback, you're, you're getting locked in the fourth quarter, maybe some of the thirds. So my strategy there is that for quarterbacks, I like Kirk Cousins the most at $5,000 cheap price point. I like Ryan Tannehill the most at 5,400. They're probably the third guys and last quarterbacks to enter the game. So I prioritize it right now as tight ends one, wide receivers two. If you can get cheaper ones, fine. They're all going to play 30% of the snaps. And then quarterbacks, backup ones, especially the third stringers, number three. Important to point out that I would not ever roster a defense. Um, The defenses can't blitz. They can only play three fours. They're playing some of the best athletes in the league. And be honest, none of them really care. So you're not going to get sacks, one. Um, You're probably not going to get pick sixes or fumble recoveries for touchdowns, too, because just nobody's that aggressive. So I wouldn't play a defense here. I would not play a kicker. Um, There has not been extra points attempted all that much. There's not been field goals attempted all that much in these games, barely ever. So I wouldn't play any kickers. More times than not, you're looking at an upside of like one to two fantasy points if they actually get to kick their extra point or two. So for the kickers being at the price points that they are at 1600, I would rather just get to um, similarly priced or cheaper um, fullbacks. So we've had a weird stretch of things here. John Kuhn, a couple years back as a fullback for the Packers, was like the leading rusher. Um, two years ago, Kyle Juszczyk had a really nice game. He ended up finding the end zone. I think it was last year that Anthony Sherman, I believe the Chiefs fullback, had 92 receiving yards, a couple yards on the ground to get him at 100 plus, and I think he scored a touchdown. He had like 24 plus points, was the captain needed for the slate at $200. So I do have both fullbacks in play here, and I'm not trying to go off of the trends of the last two years at fullbacks or something crazy, but it's a pricing thing. Look, these guys are $200 CJ Ham from the Vikings and Patrick Richard, one of the better fullbacks right next to Juszczyk in, in, in the league, um, and James Devlin went healthy for the uh, run-heavy offense of the Baltimore Ravens. 
it's a spot where one they're going to be utilized more. It's 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 a fullback in a Pro Bowl game. They're just going to be utilized more. They'll be put out wide. Um, it's another spot where they're not probably going to be getting there on the ground. Maybe you get two or three carries for them, but more times than not, you're going to be getting them in the receiving game. C.J. Ham is a fine pass catching running back. Rashard not as well, but he's okay. I don't prioritize these guys with any sort of um, dire, uh, just uh, desire to get to them. But I do think at their price points, they're, they're worth it. If you're in a spot where you have um, maybe Mark Andrews or, or Ka- uh, Zach Ertz as your captain, and you don't have a lot of money left over, you played a quarterback, whoever it might be. If you only have $1,000 left over and you want to leave money on the table, fullbacks are a fine option for me. Just keep in mind, the trends from the last two years are not something you, you see often. A fullback having three catches for 92 yards in a Pro Bowl game, going for like six total touches for 100 plus yards in a touchdown, not something to keep an eye on as something that makes sense. You checked the year before, it didn't have a ton of yards, he just caught five balls. But he's a pass catching, uh, one of the best, if not the best in the league, pass catching fullbacks. So it's a little bit skewed from that. So I'm not going to put them in his nose because of the price, but don't think that I have a dire uh, desire to get to them. So let's try and let's try and give you some more yeses here. I think all the tight ends are in play. I think if you want to get to Jack Doyle because he's cheaper, I think that's fine. If you want to get to Andrews because he might be on the field more, might be with his quarterback, just a better tight end skill-wise, I think that's fine. Michael Thomas, I'll leave him on as a maybe just because you'll have so much money that you can just get to him if you want, but it's no desire to get to Michael Thomas over like an Amari Cooper because um, it's not like Thomas is playing with Breeze the whole time. He's not in the Saints offense with Sean Payton. He's in a Pro Bowl game where there's going to be a ton of studs in the field and he's going to play just as much as all of them. So the pricing on him being well above anybody else doesn't really make much sense to me personally. You have to keep in mind the playing time is going to be very distributed here. Um, depending on who starts for the NFC between Wilson and Breeze, I'm not going to have as much interest. Now, what you need out of the quarterbacks, at their, especially when they're top tier in pricing, like the $5,000 quarterbacks, you don't need much. You need one pass t- passing touchdown and a decent drive. You need seven, eight points out of them, right? Um, what you need out of Lamar at 10000 is probably 14, 15 points. You need both of his drives and touchdowns and rushing errors, all that. And that's a lot to ask for the guy who's going to play two or three drives at most in this one, similar for the NFC starters. So that guy would become a no for me. Um, I, I do like this range of the Jarvis Landry's and Amari Cooper's because you're getting just as talented players um, in spots where, and I'm surprised Dak's not in this game, but you're getting just as talented players in spots where they're just so cheap if you need to save the money. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins will be yeses for me. Do I like their talents relative to the other guys? No. Do I like their price points relative to the other guys? Half the price for Cousins over the starting quarterback, Lamar Jackson on the AFC side? Yes. And do I like the fact that they're going to play at least the same amount as the starters, but more than likely at more based on the trends we've seen the last few years? Yeah. If you're going to give me two to three drives for Lamar Jackson, and then you're going to give me three to five drives, probably for a Kirk Cousins in the second half or somewhere around three to four, I'll take that for half the price. Um, so I think those guys are in play. And then you just get a ton of great options down here in the $4,600 range. It, it, it's throwing a dart, right? You don't know, you don't have any skill in trying to pick how these guys are going to play together. They've been practicing for like a week down there. But DJ Shark, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton, all these guys are fantastic, especially Sutton in the 4K range. I can't say anything bad about any of them. It's just baffling to me that you would pay for Michael Thomas at more than double the price of all these wide receivers down here in Shark, Galladay, and Sutton, when I do believe they're all going to play 30% of the snaps, 35% of the snaps, and rotate into the game at a pretty equal basis. So um, I think the strategy for showdown is is without a doubt tight ends avoid defenses and kickers those are the golden rules do not play kickers do not play defenses and get to tight ends as much as you can that makes sense Uh, do not target starting quarterbacks as much they're more expensive for playing less time 
and a lot more expensive. Um, backup quarterbacks are fine to me. All the wide receivers are in play to me. And then leave money on the table. Don't try and put Lamar Jackson in the game and, and have $500 left over when you could literally leave $4,000 on the table, $5,000 on the table, and get to another quarterback, get to a Ryan Tannehill. You do not need to pay all the way up. You do not need to spend as much money. Last year, a $200 fullback was the showdown captain. That is insane. The winning lineups had like $10,000 on the table, right? So do not even worry about the salary cap in this one. If you have spent, if you have left $7,000 on the table, whatever, so be it. Because at the end of the day, it's the difference between um, Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay catching a touchdown and whichever one of those catches a touchdown is probably going to be the winning lineup, right? That's like the difference of the sweat. And those guys are $4,500 apart, $4,600 apart. So sort of a quick video to just give you a brief on the showdown um, for the Pro Bowl. But I wanted to tell you that there are clear strategies because of the rules that are put into this game. Defense is not going to do anything. Kickers are not going to do anything. Backup quarterbacks due to playing time. Wide receivers due to the fact that there's just no blitzes. They're going to have a lot more time. There's only throwing. There's only been four rushing touchdowns in the last six years of the Pro Bowl. One was by Cam Newton, a quarterback. Two were by fullbacks. They do not run the ball at all. So yes, you might see on here, and I didn't really highlight it much, but I have a no by every single running back. They just don't run the ball. There's one, a lot of running backs per team here. I believe, what do you get? Three running backs per team and not even counting the fullback. And on average, they run the ball like three to four times each, three to four times each. So I have no interest in getting to those guys at their crazy price points of Zeke 8,200 for his four carries, maybe one or two receptions. Uh, Derek Henry for 7,200 for his four or five carries. No, I'm not going for that. It's just not as much worth it, um, in my opinion, especially when there, there's no incentive to run the ball in these games. It's not fun to do so. Um, there's a lot of crazy things that happen. You, I've told, told you about the fullbacks. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey scoring a touchdown last year. This is a fun format, but if you do want an edge, those are my keys to kind of the Pro Bowl edges. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you bounce from this video. Be sure to check out my Patreon exclusive podcast. Follow me on Twitter at DFS if you have any questions, you could ask them over there. Follow me on Instagram at Salvetri. Let me know in the comments. Did this video help you? What did you find interesting about it? And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if your players are in it, your favorite, uh, your favorite players players are in it. If you're playing DFS, best of luck. Peace out, game. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.